Welcome everyone to Bar Talk, the North Carolina State Bar podcast where we get in a chance to meet our officers and learn about the State Bar. We have two really exciting guests today. We have our outgoing president, Colin Willoughby, um, who will tell us a little bit about himself and his term as president. We're also lucky to have our newest elected officer, Vice President Marcy Armstrong, was just elected vice president of the State Bar this past Friday. We'll get to know Marcy and a little bit about her plans as a State Bar officer. I'm your host, Mark Henriquez. I am a partner with Wombleban Dickinson and a State Bar Counselor. This is my ninth year serving as a counselor, and I've enjoyed getting to know both Colin and Marcy uh, in the working with the State Bar and looking forward to getting to know them even better uh, today. Um, Colin, I understand you're from Columbus County and actually grew up on a farm. Is, is that true? That's- that's true. I'm farm kid. Tell us, tell, tell our audience a little bit about your background and how you went from uh, a farm-born boy, farm-born boy, uh, all the way to become president of the North Carolina State Bar. Well, I grew up on a farm. We raised um, cows and tobacco, and working in tobacco helped you really crystallize that you'd like to do something else. And so that was a big motivating factor in going to college. And um, and I just sort of stumbled into law school from went to business school first and then went to law school and um, it's been an interesting journey. That's great. I understand you went to Campbell and were actually part of their charter class. Is that true? I was. That was before they had the high standards they have today. They let a (laughs) bunch of folks in and I got, I was the beneficiary of that. Yeah, no, that's good. And then I understand you've, you, you've spent a lot of your career as a district attorney, but but you also um, worked for both a small firm before that and, and now are at McGuire Woods, one of our largest firms. Tell us a little bit about that path. I'm, I'm particularly interested in kind of comparing the small firm experience to the large firm, particularly with that long gap as a DA in between them. Really, it's, it's been interesting. I practice with a small firm with one partner and then the two partners for um, <clears throat> seven years. Uh, it was great experience, but yeah, our partnership meetings were back then to held around the lunch table to decide if we had enough money to buy a typewriter. And if we did, we bought one. If we didn't, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't have quite the same processes that you have at a large law firm. And it's been interesting, but the large law firm has offered me a lot of opportunities to do things that I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if I was back in a small firm. So it's both, it's, it's both have been really interesting and rewarding. Terrific. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about your year as, as president, but let's let our audience uh, first um, meet Marcy. Um, Marcy, I'm, I'm excited to have you as our newest officer. Um, and I understand um, you actually are from Smithfield, bo- born and bred there. Is that, is that correct? Well, no, not exactly. Okay. Um, I moved here in, um, when I was in the third grade, but I lived in um, the big community of Corinth Holders and um, Wendell um, until the third grade. And both of my grandparents were farmers. So much like Holland, I have farmed tobacco. I have climbed up pecan trees, apple <laughs> trees. I have spent a lot of time on the farm um, with growing up in so I have that in common with Colin. That's great. Is farm experience considered essential for to become an officer at the state bar? It certainly teaches you a lot of really hard work and work ethic, that's for sure. And um, yes, I'm much like Colin. I decided that wasn't really what I was cut out to be the rest of my life. But I will tell you that I absolutely adored and loved my grandparents. Both sides, um, 
I love to this day my favorite pair of shoes are my cowgirl boots. And I love being out in the country. I love being outside. And um, I love all of that. That's just a big part of me. That's wonderful. Now, you went to Salem College, is that right? I did. I went from the farm to wearing pink and green and Atabee necklaces and loafers. <laughs> the preppy, the preppy look. That's great. Did I don't you have my cowboy so with me. Did you know you wanted to do law after that, or when when did the interest in law emerge? Well, um, I was a history and modern foreign languages major at Salem, and we had a um, a simulation, I guess, of sorts on campus uh, where I was the ambassador of the United States and we were negotiating treaties and it was pretty cool. And I thought that was kind of fun. And that was sort of my first thought that maybe I would like to go to law school. And so I just decided that was something I was interested in doing. That's wonderful. Now, I think you and your husband Lamar have three kids and I think two of those are lawyers, right? That's true. So, so does that mean that you think being a lawyer is a good thing or, or are your kids just rebellious and decided to follow in their, in their mom's footsteps? kind of shocked they wanted to be lawyers because um you know we worked really really hard and they certainly witnessed that but um we did not lobby for them to be lawyers but um they chose that on my, their own my oldest um son lamar the third was a business major at in chapel hill and he took the business law class and i think decided then he liked like that and so I think that's why he decided to go to law school and my daughter is a double deke um she Think she just was, didn't know anything else about the law. She was around it all of her life, so <laughs> she'll have to answer that. But sometimes I say my third child's the smartest. He's a biochemical engineer. He's um, <laughs> that's terrific. Colin, can you tell us a little bit about your your family as well? Um, that family's been farmers on both sides for as long as I can remember. Um, uh, my mother was grew up on a dairy farm, and my dad grew up on farm raised cotton and tobacco, and um. As uh, far as I can look back, they're all farmers, not folks with a lot of formal education. Uh, I was the first generation to go to college, and um, they're certainly the first lawyer in the family. Um, but uh, it was just, a, and my parents had encouraged me, um, very strong motivation to, to pursue education and do that, I think, because of they recognized the, the value of it. Gotcha. And you have two kids, right? I have two daughter, adult daughters that both live in Raleigh with their families and grandkids. Gotcha. Yeah, terrific. Either of them lawyers or they manage one, to avoid that path? One is. One's in-house lawyer with a, a hospital um, organization, and the other works actually in healthcare um, with Blue Cross um, in a policy area. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, um, I know you've just finished your first year, your year as a state bar president, and obviously 2020 ended up being a little different than any of us foresaw. <laughs> um, maybe one of the most challenging times the state bar has seen, certainly, certainly in recent memory. Um, you know, t tell us what what are some of your most memorable things from from the past year in terms of in terms of what you've dealt with as president? well. It 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 really whipped by really fast. Um, it's sort of like the story of the turtle that got robbed by the two snails. And when the police came and asked him what happened, he said, I, I don't know, it just happened so fast. And um, so that's kind of the way this year has gone. Um, we've, um, we started with a ransomware attack and we got through that. Um, we got started in the new year in a normal year and then um, COVID epidemic uh, pandemic came in and 
um, we had to adjust and oh yeah, we did a number of things to try to protect um, the legal profession of keeping lawyers offices open for essential services and um, also doing some internal housekeeping things at the state bar to make sure that our operations were uh, effective and smooth running during this difficult time. Gotcha. Um, you know, what, uh, you wrote an interesting article where you were talking about some of your priorities, <clears throat> you know, for the year. And I, I'm wondering um, how that may have been influenced. I, th I think you wrote that you kind of had three <clears throat> priorities. One was looking at alternative service providers and non-lawyers and how they might be able to help the public. Another one was prevention of cyber attacks. And obviously that, that ended up being uh, an important piece at the beginning of the year. And the other was more generally improvement in the, in the legal system. How would you say this year has, has impacted those three priority areas that you had announced? Um, well, I think that we, we have, uh, we've addressed those. We've got further that we need to go. Um, I think the cybersecurity is going to continue to be uh, increasingly important um, and even more so with this pandemic because we're operating now um, not face-to-face -face, uh, um, through electronic communication and that makes us increasingly more vulnerable and our clients more vulnerable. And so I think that's being important. I think we're going to need to look at some of the issues of regulatory reform and whether or not other service providers should be um, allowed to provide services directly to clients or join with lawyers in firms to share fees or share ownership of the firms. Uh, those um, concepts haven't really been tested very well. They've been started. Hopefully we'll get the benefit of watching what other folks do, looking for the successes. It's a committee that you're um, chairing dealing with the regulatory reform and I think that's going to be very important for the next decade of how the practice of law functions and and I think we're um, we've got to look at the legal system uh, there are we it's become I think obvious to most folks that there are some racial disparities in the way our legal system functions and I think we have to do some soul searching and um, address some of those issues and make our system better and um, in such a way that the people that come before our system feel like it's fair. Not only are we doing the right thing, but the perception is I get a fair shake if I'm in the courthouse. Great. No, I th that, that, thank you. I think that's, that's, that's really helpful. I know we've had a number of listeners call in wondering what the C in C colon Willoughby stands for. I understand it is cybersecurity. Is that, is that true? <laughs> and did they really name you cybersecurity colon? Uh, that seems prescient of your parents at the time. Uh, when I was born, cybersecurity hadn't been invented yet. So, so <laughs> my mother wasn't that clairvoyant. But um, no, it is my first name is Clarence. My father was, I'm a junior. My dad went by Clarence and I went by Cole. Okay. All right. You just like the sound of colon better. It looks a little more grounded. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get a choice. <laughs> Marcy, it was interesting. You know, I asked Colin about some of his priorities. Obviously, you've got some time before you ascend to the lofty peak of, of president. Um, but I think each president tries to come up with some goals and objectives. I'm curious whether you have any thoughts about what those may be. Realizing it's a few years off. Well, I'm going to use our. Um... I guess our president-elect, Darren Jordan's um, analogy of the family. So Colin is my big brother. 
and he is getting ready to go off to college. And so as his younger sibling, um, I have been watching him and watching him and just um, soaking up everything that he has done. He said, you know, you know how younger siblings are. I mean, they really do look up to their, to their big brothers. So I'm, I'm learning from Colin. I've learned from Colin and I've taken that all in. And then my big sister, Barbara, yeah, I will do the same. I will, you know, learn from Barbara. I will soak up as much as I can from her and learn from her as I will. And I can't call Darren my big brother because I'm actually older than Darren. So my <laughs> other brother, Darren, I will do the same for He's him. Kind of the adopted kid, you know. I'm just the young. I'm just the. I'm the baby. I'm the infant here. I'm not coming in thinking I know anything or certainly don't know any better than my older siblings. So I'm, I'm all wide eyed and just eager to learn from them and to, and who knows, I mean, we didn't know in 2019 what 2020 was going to hold. So, you know, so much can happen between now and the time that I'm, you know, I'm the big sister. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to learn. I'm going to learn from my older siblings and um, kind of see, see where it takes us. Terrific. And I do want to remind our listeners, if you want to get to know Barbara better, stay tuned for a future episode as we continue our get to know our officers, uh, counselor. And we have had a number of listener questions uh, coming in for you as well, Marcy. Uh, we, we're particularly interested, we understand that you've got some professional nicknames that I wanted to, uh, to ask, ask you about. Um, I, I, I assume you've heard these, but you've been referred to as Black Widow, Barracuda, and Sly Fox. Um, and I'm, I'm interested if you feel those are appropriate. Do you use these nicknames yourself or is this mainly something you, you hear from others in the bar? Um, I, these came from opposing parties. Opposing um, parties, okay. Cases and I got you. Mainly out of, out of, I assume most of, most of them seem fairly respectful in, in <laughs> admiring your uh, legal prowess. I, I have to say that um, I did get the opportunity to ask about the, the Black Widow. I didn't understand that at all. And, and then the um, person, the, the person's lawyer told me the reason they called me that is because I'm just so nice and quiet. And it's like I just kind of sneak up on them and then I jump on them in court. So I was like, really? I, <laughs> whatever, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I, did not, I did not give myself those names. Absolutely not. I would not call myself any of those names. I, I didn't think so. Mm -hmm. On a more serious note, I, I note you're a member of the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers, which is the top family law uh, association in the country, and I know you do family law. Tell us a little bit. I think you've really been a leader in this area. I know you also were, you know, the chair of the North Carolina Bar Association's Family Law Center uh, and the and the JOCO Bar Association. Tell tell us a little bit about your practice in family law and and some of those those leadership roles uh, that you've you've had. Well, first of all, I want to say that I am very very proud to be a family lawyer. I am. Um, some of my very, very, and I've been a family lawyer for 37 years. I've been practicing family law since probably the first year that I um, was sworn in. So I've been doing it a long time, which I guess most people would think I'm insane, probably not qualified to be a state bar officer <laughs> since I've practiced family law for 37 years. <laughs> um, but I find to be a family lawyer, you, you have to obviously have good work ethic. You have to have a ton of patience. Um, but you also have to know how to have fun. Um, just to kind of keep it all in perspective. And so I would say that um, I wouldn't change anything because as I've said the, before today, family lawyers are some of the most wonderful people 
um, in our state and in our bar, they're some of the best litigators in our bar. We are in court constantly. We're um, litigating, we're uh, arbitrating, we're mediating. We are uh, we just, we're a very hardworking bunch of, bunch of people. And I just feel like it's a good, um, a good group and I've enjoyed it. I wouldn't change anything. And yes, I'm partially crazy for doing it. But <laughs> I still wouldn't change it. No, I think that's great. Well, and it's such a, it's such an area of high demand. And I think the, uh, the demands placed on our family law folks are just, you know, overwhelming. Everything is very important. It's very personal. It's emotional. You've got kids, you've got money. I mean, it's, it's really, it has much more impact candidly on people's uh, lives than a lot of what large firm lawyers like Colin or I are working on where it's, you know, big company against big company and other stuff. So I admire you and, and on all the other family law folks for, for what you do. I think um, what you just said about the different types of practices, what is why it's so important that our state bar counselors have lawyers from different practices, as well as obviously um, diversity in other ways, but practice area is very important because um, I don't understand what you and Colin do at all. Um, you don't probably, don't, and don't want to understand probably what Heidi and I do. <laughs> um, but when it comes to you know, um, you know, crafting eth ethics, ethics rules, when it comes to deciding if somebody has violated a rule or in the grievance process, um, it's just so important to have all practice areas represented in both the ethics um, committee as well as in the grievance committee, because it is, it's totally different. And what's expected of family lawyers um, is pretty overwhelming, frankly. You know, we do have to have a lot of hands-on with clients. You know, they really don't understand when you're, you got a loved one in the hospital. Well, they say they understand, but then they say, I I'm sorry, you know, you've got this person who's sick, but when can you do this? Or when are you going to call me back? You know, they, and it's not their fault, really. They're going through a really tough time. So, but I do think it's important that the state bar council, or council remains diverse in practice area. I agree with you completely. I, I think in particularly some of the ethics opinions where we've been wrestling with what does this ethics rule look like in a family law context, in a criminal law context, in a big yeah. civil dispute context. And, you know, being in family law court is very different than being in traffic court and is very different than being in business court or federal court. And so we've got, I think it's great that we do have lawyers that have practice in all these different venues with different types of clients. And it is hard often to come up with rules that apply across the board. We, you know, we think we have one standard, the rules of professional conduct that apply to everybody. And that's often challenging. And I do think that's an area where the ethics opinions try to give more specific advice as to how those rules apply in different practices. So I think that's a very true, very true point. So um, I was amused in doing the deep background research that we did to get ready for the podcast, Marcy. I was intrigued that you taught all three of your kids how to coach, how to play soccer as a soccer coach. Um, that that I, I taught all four of mine to do soccer, and I had never played soccer uh, before. Um, so I, I think that's that's an important skill, and and you know, and clearly both our kids will all end up growing to be professional soccer players. So it's you know, that I'll, I'll do the great coaching that we've offered them. Yeah, I was a tennis player. I never played soccer. Kids wanted to play soccer, so we kind of learned together. But you have to understand that when I started coaching them, they were all five years old. So, yeah, um, it was a fun, fun thing, fun thing to do. Well, let me get finished. We do have a couple other listener questions that have come in. Um, one is, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? 
Good gracious. Mm, I don't know. I wish you'd ask Marcy that first. <laughs> well, I was going to come no, to Marcy second on um, that. I'll give you a little bit of time to think on know. that, Marcy. Um, I, I maybe, maybe it's the think before you speak and judge. I like it. I like it. That's good. All right, Marcy, any thoughts on the billboard question? Well, speaking like a true Southern Baptist here, I would probably say do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Okay. I think if we could all live by the golden rule, this would be a much better world. Got you. Well, I think, oh, that bell means it is time <laughs> for bar trivia time. And I'm excited to say that to wrap up today's podcast, we have the By the Numbers quiz. Uh, this is really going to test on how much attention you paid during our council meeting this past Friday. There were a lot of facts and figures announced, and we're going to see who can come closest to the accurate number. I'm going to ask the question, and then I will ask each of you to respond. And in fairness, we'll take turns. So we'll go with Colin and then Marcy on the first, back and forth. You'll each give me, all of these are numeric answers. So simply give me a number, um, and then whoever comes closest to the correct number, will get it right. Does everyone understand the rules of the game? All right, I see nods, which our audience, of course, can't hear. I see a little trepidation, which, of course, our audience yeah. cannot see. But we are now ready uh, to proceed. So, in the third quarter, the Ethics Committee received a number of calls asking for ethics advice. How many calls did the Ethics Committee receive in the third quarter of 2020? We'll start with Colin. What's your um, guess on that? I don't expect you to have it memorized. As long as you hundred or three, you'll be hundred. A hundred calls is Colin's guess. Marcy, what do you think? I have no idea. Um, 50. Marcy says 50. Colin said 100. I'm afraid Colin is closer, yeah. although way off, frankly. <laughs> it, it, it is 1,086 calls what? came into our ethics uh, folks just wow. in that quarter. They're, they're very busy. Um, and the ethics committee does get a report on those each each quarter. A thousand calls is actually fairly typical load for our ethics committee folks. Another one of our bar programs is the attorney client assistance uh, committee. How many calls do you think they received in the third quarter? Attorney client assistance. We'll start with you this time, Marcy. What's your best guess? <laughs> I have no idea. Just just throw out a number. I'm gonna take Colin's number. A hundred. She's gonna take a hundred, Colin. I'd say 200. 200? 200. 200 is closer. Uh, it's actually 778 calls. <laughs> oh, so our, our state bar lines are, are, are busy. All right. Well, Colin has won the first two. Let's move on to the third question, which is grievances. Um, each quarter, the grievance committee reports on how many grievances the grievance committee considered. How many grievances were considered in the third quarter of 2020? We'll um, start with you, Colin. Let's say 300. 300? Marcy, what do you think? I think it's more. A thousand? Marcy says a thousand. Colin's very close on that one. It's 224 grievances. What am I, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Uh, See, I am a baby. I have a lot to learn. I think this is the voice of the seasoning that, you know, Colin, who's had three years as an officer, has kind of had more chance for these shocking numbers to set in. Um, well, we have more surprises to come. Uh, question four is the Client Security Fund. Again, this is the fund that is used to pay uh, clients when their lawyers engage in misconduct but cannot do not have the financial resources to reimburse them. 
Uh, this is an annual number, not a quarterly number. So for the annual year that ended September 30th of 2020, how many cases did the client security fund process? Marcy, you get to guess first this time. 700. Colin? Um, for the whole use it for the year? For the year. This is an annual number. Um, I would say 200. 200, colon again, closer, the 141 is the correct number. So 141 <laughs> cases by the client security fund. Uh, you've got time to learn these things, Marcy. Don't look like, uh, it's pretty it, obvious. It it's, it's pretty obvious it's it's today. That and brings Mark, us to- Mark, I call this a pop quiz. This is, <laughs> I admit there was no preparation, no announcement, but that's, it's the live humiliation that makes it so entertaining yeah. for our yeah. audience. Yeah. So, you know, you've seen enough reality know how this uh, how this plays out. Um, I think I'll get a job at fair next year guessing age and weight. <laughs> I think I'd do about as good. All right our final our final question is each year unfortunately the state bar has to issue show cause orders for people that fail to pay their bar dues or fail to complete their certification. Um, how many show cause orders were issued? And this I think is a quarterly number, if my numbers are correct. How many were issued for the third quarter to lawyers? Five hundred. Five is a good guess. Colin, what do you think? Seven hundred. Seven hundred, yeah. It's actually seven eighty-nine, but I'm gonna give that both to you. So uh, well done. We didn't, need the, we didn't need the tiebreaker, but I'm gonna use it anyway because it's such an intriguing question. Many wonder what Alice Mines' middle name is. Can either of you tell me Alice Mines' middle name for extra credit and maybe the overall win? Nate. First Nate. answer. Hmm? Is it niece? Niece. Oh, Marcy, very redeeming. Congratulations. You've got the bonus and maybe most important question, which is knowing the middle name of our beloved director, Alice Mines. All right. Well, that concludes our very first ever bar talk pop quiz. Uh, thank you guys for going back to school with that. And I hope our listeners appreciate the volume of work done by the North Carolina State Bar. So I've just got a few concluding remarks before we let you go. Colin, I know some have said that you may hang around like a hare in a truck stop biscuit following the conclusion of your uh, conclusion of your official duties. I just wanted to see, A, can you explain the phrase? And B, will that, is that what we can expect out of you? Well, that's sort of something unwanted hanging around. Um, but I hope to be able to to contribute a little um, with some of the discussions. Some of the issues that Marcy will be dealing with in the Issues Committee, I think, are really important to the future of the practice of law. And I um, look forward to, to being involved with those meetings and being able to hopefully contribute some. Terrific. And Marcy, for you, I understand you've got five grandchildren under the age of five. Um, if, if they may be a little young to enjoy this podcast, but if they were able to listen, what, what parting remarks would you like your kids or grandkids to take away from, uh, from today's podcast? Well, I have five, four, age four and under. Um, and I would just tell them what they already know is that they're Marla, which is my name, um, loves them very, very, very much. And I just love the time I spend with them. And, um, I also love, back for the state bar. I love sharing grandchildren's stories with my state bar counselor friends. Um, I know Colin's got grandchildren and almost all, no, not all of them. You know, Heidi's young. We have some young, yeah, young ones in the council too, but it is fun. Um, being a grandmother, being a grandparent is just nothing like it. That's terrific. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the 
podcast. Colin, thank you so much for participating and for your good humor. And, and thank you for the leadership you've shown over the past year. It really has been terrific. And, and Marcy, thanks for bearing with me, particularly on the, uh, the no prep pop quiz. Um, I'm, really looking, I'm really looking forward to having you serve as, a, as an officer. I, I think you, you've got so much to bring to the, uh, to the bar and delighted that you're going to be coming back and, and working with us and we'll get a chance to spend more time together. So um, thanks everyone for listening to Bar Talk. Look for future episodes uh, as we talk to more of our officers and learn more about what the State Bar does and current issues. I'm your host, Mark Enriquez. Stay tuned for next time.